Welcome to the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about films, TV shows, mental health, life, culture, and all of that stuff. Today, I am welcomed by my friend and uh, UK friend, Meg Shirley. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Are you awake? Are you wide awake? Well, look, it's 8 p.m. your time, so I'm going to say sort of, sort of awake. It's like... You know, getting up at 6.30 in the morning is never the, the funnest for, you know, but this is the this is the life we live in COVID times. Of course. When we, when we, when we can't visit each other. And, you know, the fact that we're, we're quite far away yeah, I mean, in like, the look, world as well. You're in Birmingham. <laughs> you, you know, I'm in Sydney, Australia. You're in Birmingham, UK. So, you know, we're living the dream of... A, a bit Basically of a distance. next door to each other, right? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's just walking distance. You're five <laughs> minutes around the block. It's great. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, in a, you're in a bit of an um, interesting sort of situation now because, you know, you're in, you're in a wonderful part of the world which has gone into second part lockdown. Um, how are you feeling? You go to lockdown to Electric Avenue. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, like, it we're in like it is lockdown lockdown two like a second lockdown but like it doesn't really feel like it like it feels okay mainly because we're sort of prepared this time but a lot of things are like open now that wasn't in the first lockdown and stuff yeah so it doesn't really feel too bad oh okay so you're not like you're not feeling as confined it's weird because they've put a date on when lockdown is gonna end they're like yeah it'll end in like the start of december but i'm like will it though like and the first lockdown we didn't know when it will kind of end so and i think like everyone's like okay it's just this month and then it's fine and it's christmas then it'd be perfectly fine so i think everyone's kind of like everyone is so ready for christmas this year it's crazy like even though it's the start of november pretty much and like people are christmas shopping and stuff but i'm like i'm so ready for christmas like I'm really in a Christmas mood. Oh, really? I bought, like, Christmas stuff today. And it's like, I bought Christmas wrapping paper. I don't even have any presents, and I bought wrapping paper today. Because <laughs> I went out, and I was like, oh, my God, it looks nice. I was like, I want this. <laughs> I'm prepared. Oh, I'm prepared. That's amazing. That's that's what you want to be at Christmas time. I mean... Absolutely. I I, th- I think I think that's to be said about consumer- consumerism, which is, like, we get to a, a point of, like, just excitement. Um, It's like... Yeah. Two two times a year, I feel, which is Christmas and Easter. Because Easter, you get all the chocolates and everything. Like, everything goes from, like, normal sale price to, like, discount. And it seems that all the supermarkets yeah. want to go and sell all the chocolate because they've just got, like, too much of it. Yeah, I think the Easter egg I bought this year, I bought, like, a few days after Easter because I didn't buy one. And then I was like, oh, it's, like, 25p for an Easter egg. I was like, hell yes. So I ended up buying like two of them. So oh I had my, my Easter after Easter. But you know, discount, why not? <laughs> so like Halloween, like Halloween stuff. Halloween's great for like prop making and stuff. You always buy like stuff directly after Halloween's over, like Yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> do you do you so you just like hoard as much stuff as you can after basically the like the sales come on? And you just I do go- like um yeah, like SFX makeup and stuff like that. Like, you know, you got like Halloween's a good time to buy like yeah that's true um makeup and like costume fake blood stuff. and you know all that and, like latex fake blood all that yeah so, so that's I've a- got, like a massive stash 
that I do not need, but I've got like loads. I'm like, just in case, you know, you never know. Yeah, you never know what film project you have, which requires like mountains uh, yeah. of blood. Um, it's the same. Like mm-hmm. I know I used to do the same when I was like, I think about 19 and I used to go to like, there's an SFX makeup shop in like uh, near the city. I used to go there as a kid. Um, and then like, just obviously I used, I bought like some fake blood there, which still sits somewhere in my apartment. Uh, which I have barely used, but it's always like the thing just nice. in case. And this was like eight years ago, so I don't even know if it's relevant to like use anymore. But it's one of those things that I think you, you just never know. Do they go out of date? I don't even know. I don't you think, might like dry I, up. But I think they just I dry up. I think it will go out of date. Yeah. No. You might um, use it and it will like dye your skin like red or something for like a whole year. <laughs> I hope not. We've we, That's always like the biggest paranoia whenever we get to... yeah any set and you just suddenly go mm. oh god what if, what's gonna happen and yeah like oh, you put it all on and then you think oh wait i didn't actually think about um afterwards. yeah you didn't think, <laughs> you just get you didn't think about anything it's gonna be dyed like <laughs> yeah um so you you've done a f- fair amount of um like i i want to say different acting roles now compared to like when you started and we'll sort of like go through a bit of a backstory but yeah tell 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 the audience a bit about yourself so tell like what what um who you are and what you do it's quite crazy how like all the different stuff I've kind of done especially in the past couple years like because I started doing like the web series like the dot two fan film series which is kind of like where I sort of started kind of the whole sort of acting thing and that and then like from it I've done like some short film work I've done um I've done theatre I was in like a theatre show this year um which we're still waiting to actually perform because it got cancelled because of coronavirus um but we did like an online version like on zoom which was quite fun to do which was really different um and we're hoping to get that back on stage done like some audio work and stuff I'm fairly I'm actually quite loving audio and like um currently the web series there's a web series out at the moment called when it rains that i shot for a couple of months ago um like a comedy web series which i absolutely loved doing um that was crazy um there's that i mean there's, yeah i mean there's just a fair range of stuff but like i have really got into sort of audio work now and just sort of because the industry is kind of sort of stopped in lockdown it's kind of i've done a lot of sort of like courses like online sort of classes and courses um stuff like the world i was in something called the world monologue games which is like this worldwide competition where you perform monologues to kind of represent your country and i managed to get um sixth out of three thousand people like in the finals which was was kind of a it was quite a big deal to be fair sort of doing that and getting sixth sixth place out of these so many people that applied um yeah just getting through to even kind of the qualifiers and then the regionals and then the finals and then i was like oh my gosh yeah it was just crazy like that's a big achievement for me which i was really really happy about and it's it's gave me a lot of practice sort of uh, monologues and stuff and script learning and stuff as well it's crazy what you can actually sort of learn and practice in your own time yeah because really. i didn't want to let kind of lockdown and me stuck at home stop me from kind of doing things so just kind of try to do as much as I can with the time that I had. Yeah, which I think is really awesome. And I think what really goes to show, because, you know, when you did the Doctor Who fan films, um, which, Mm. you know, like anyone who does 
uh, I'd say any kind of fan films, it always it there's this weird sort of like uh, attitude to where you're not a proper like you know a proper actor or you're not like you're just doing it for fun yeah. and yeah the, the funny thing is like um you know uh watching you and your partner luke do those um uh as well like and knowing like having done you know some myself in sydney um the amount of hard work that actually goes into them is a lot yeah. like it's they're not easy Mm, that's the thing there is a sort of stigma around it and the fact that like you say the words fan film and people are like oh my god like they just have this image of just like a kid like with a camcorder like waving a sonic about doing their own films and putting them on youtube going i made something like which is stuff like that it's what people think about and stuff like that honestly stuff like that is like great because that's where you kind of start you learn it's like a massive learning like progress things like that are kind of like you know, we encourage stuff like that. We encourage kind of, you know, people who have this kind of, I don't know, dream or like aspirations or they admire like their favorite TV series and kind of create stuff like that. It's a good thing. And when people sort of see it as kind of like something that's kind of immature or something that's not sort of a bigger deal, you know, it's, it's like, because we're sort of lucky to have built up our, like the channel. It's kind of crazy how sort of successful it has been. Um, and it's, you know, we started off, it's mainly just, we always do it for fun. That's the thing. Like we are not, we started off like not professionals. We're not, you know, we just did this thing for fun. Luckily, you know, because Luke's amazing at prop making and like his filming and, you know, the script writing and like we organize it all and we do it with like friends as well. Sort of what we built up and the fact that it's a learning progress that we look back at stuff we filmed even like a year ago and think like, oh my God, we could do so much better now. And like, it's crazy how, how like the opportunities it's kind of, um, what it's kind of led to and the opportunities that we've kind of got into and just sort of people actually being inspired by it and kind of like looking up to it is really, really nice. And sort of, you know, we're lucky to actually have viewers and you know, because we do it for fun and then just it's sort of rewarding having people say, oh, this is really good. You know, you've inspired me to make this and make my own fan film and like people creating like artwork and kind of things of our characters. It's crazy. Like it's, it's insane. Kind of, it's just a massive reward. It's yeah. But honestly, it's so, it is, it's so much fun. It's just sort of led into so many different things and it's gave me loads of confidence to try out stuff as well. And I think I think we're like watching, um, you know, like as you say with the script writing and everything, you can kind of tell with a sh a thing like that. Like you watch the earlier episodes and you kind of see a little bit more, just going like, oh, you know, it's like watching a, a project you've done like ten years ago and you go, oh, that's a bit janky. Oh, I could improve mm. there. I couldn't kind of do better there. And then you watch like the yeah. last one you've done and you just go, okay, you know, that's actually pretty good. And there's, you know, it's like you guys recently bought a better camera and obviously like that's been a huge improvement visually because um, you're still filming with that um, in between lockdown. Mm. Like you just recently shot um, episode two of series five that you're doing and then um, which, you know, a couple of the posts are on Instagram um mm. and they look you know compared to earlier stuff they look phenomenal they look so yeah. good we're kind of trying to trying to sort of take our time with it and um 
well, now we have all the time in the world because of lockdown. It's it's what I'm saying when you look back at stuff and you cringe. Even the stuff we filmed for Series 5 with a new camera, sometimes we look back at it and go, oh my god, we could do so much better, even though we shot that a few months ago. And like, <sighs> we're sort of, we've turned into perfectionists and it's so, it's difficult just to be like, um, sort of knowing where to stop because you always want to improve and you always, because we've spent so long like trying to get Series 5 out and you know, because of lockdown and stuff, you have to work within the rules and see if we can film, and it's sort of delaying us and whether people are going to be comfortable with filming and like all stuff like that. So we are still quite yeah. a way off from it being releasing, I think. Um, and we've got a hell of a lot to catch up. Um, but it's yeah, the quality difference and the fact, we, yeah, we can't even watch some of the old stuff. Oh god, I don't, I can't even watch it. I'm like, oh my god get it down yeah. on YouTube and people are always like it's fine it's where you came from you know we enjoy it and I'm like yes but like I suppose when you're in it you see it a lot differently as opposed like you just you just do yeah I, I do agree it's sort of like um uh, it's like old photos you know when you flick through an album you go I used to look like that and you're never quite yeah sure that you want anyone to see that photo like you're just yeah. like yeah even though you know it's fine, you're just like, burn it. Like, please, just don't. <laughs> it's too embarrassing for me. That's the thing, yeah. I think for me, because I'm trying to get into more sort of professional stuff, I only kind of want what I see as, like, the best type thing, like, of my performances, like, on YouTube and stuff. Like, I think because I'm sort of grown up now and I can look back and watch it, um, because of, like... The fact is a fan film because sort of the stigma around it i never used to tell people that i kind of was in the fan films or like i used to kind of be really awkward about it mainly because of what people thought when you go oh yeah i do doctor Who fan film but like now it's kind of got to the point where i'm like yeah i'm in this thing i'm like yeah check out the channel like i think it just comes with sort of growing up and just not sort of caring what people think hell of a lot more um or sort of yeah i, th- I, I think it I th- I think it is an, an element of like not caring because, uh, mm. you know, when you're when you're kind of like how old were you when you started doing them? Got um eighteen. I was eighteen. <laughs> I think when you're about eighteen, you kind of like the last thing you kind of want to be, I guess, known for. Uh, especially mm. is something like, you know. Uh, uh, I'd say that you feel very, you know, treasured. It's kind of like a weird thing when you do fan, you know, anything like fan related as well. You want to cherish it for yourself. You kind of, there's a part of you that doesn't want to share it because you don't want the world to judge you for it. Like to have this That's fandom. Thing, yeah. um, and this mm. fan culture, like uh, it's funny because 10 years ago, Doctor Who was kind of like this, you know, populous because of, you know, David Tennant and Matt Smith. And then it sort of faded a little bit into the background, like since it's changed uh, actors a few times. Yeah. And it's, and yeah. it's, I think it's, you know, not in general, um, like in the populace as much anymore because one, it's had hiatuses and two, it's like, you know, it's just all over the shop when it, in terms of when it's, you know, it's on air. But I think also it's sort of mm. a show that now feels like it was very much back in the day, which is like, if you're a fan of the show, you love it. But also if you're not a fan of it, um, you know, if you're a fan of the show, you're also slightly weird. Like, 
there's it's gone back to that stage and i'm like why yeah because it's very touch and go like now with people kind of enjoying it and sort of the whole arguments and stuff you hear about people just to do with like what the hell the show is because it's so weird but like the series we do it honestly doesn't feel like we're doing dot two and it sounds strange but it's it's really weird because like we sort of do our own thing our own storyline sometimes our own monsters and stuff like that like you know luke's built his own sort of tardis set and it's amazing looking it's crazy and all this it's it's phenomenal it's insane it's so cool kudos to do him doing in his own backyard like that's insane to i i sent that video of him making it to my uh friend tony and was just like oh if you ever want to make a tardis watch luke do it because it's just it's clearly just you know the fact that all you do is switch the central light columns to a different color makes Mm. i think such a clever way of just cheating a bunch of who's owning the tardis at any one point it just saves you time. Like you just go, oh, it's this doctor, yeah. so it's this lighting. I'll tell you what, he thinks ahead. He really does. Like he plans and stuff. I think I appreciate it a hell of a lot more sort of the longer I've sort of done it because I've sort of seen him actually build it from scratch. Like, because when I first like met him and when I was in it, obviously it was already built and then he did like a refurb of it and then like he found like all this damp in the TARDIS so he had to kind of rebuild it all from scratch and I had to help and like we were there in like February and like hailstorms like staining these sheds and putting it all up and stuff like that and obviously when you know the effort that went into it obviously you appreciate a hell of a lot more which sort of is kind of what makes it our own thing and not sort of it just, honestly it doesn't really feel like the actual show because like even though I am still a lot too fan like I'm one like, I'll openly admit, like, I haven't really, I'm not really that much of a fan of the series currently, mainly mm. because of, like, the writing and, I don't know, I'm just not really into it as much as I used to be. Yeah. And, like, the series that we do just feels so separate. It's really strange. And for anyone outside of it, they're, like, they probably don't really understand, but it's kind of something that we've, whole, we've built up, like, because, you know, we've done five seasons of it with our own characters, our own storylines. And, like, you know, the character I've played, I've played for five years. And, like, I've helped in script writing and sort of building this whole character up. It's like, you know, my little, like, baby type thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I do. It's a whole sort of lifestyle. It's all we kind of... This year's been strange because we had such a break from it. And it's been really nice. But it's always in the back of our minds, kind of, wanting to get back into it. Or sort of wanting to know what we do. And it's about finding that right balance. Because it can get too much sometimes. You have to find, like, a right balance of filming and also time to like yourself and stuff like that but it is a total lifestyle like a project like that the amount of hard work and commitment it's yeah it's insane i think i think it's also like uh, i i think the immediate question i also thought because you know was uh did um luke drag you on before you two were dating or after you two were dating okay right (laughs) our first date okay so um our first date, right, went out for a meal and then we went shopping afterwards and got to buy something, like a present for someone because it was celebrating, I don't know, someone that I knew, I was picking something up and he always says to me, um, like I was standing there and had my arms crossed, like, and he said to me, he was like, it was that moment, Meg, when I looked at you and I thought, that's a companion right there and I was like, 
<laughs> seriously and then like he he told me about the series then and he asked me and at that point I was just sort of like okay cool that sounds fun sure and the second time I saw him I was in the damn thing so like our second date we were filming I'm not even kidding and I'm stuck five years later and I can't get out <laughs> I, I I hope you read about the show not the relationship <laughs> For Luke, um, that's the most like filmmaker brain right there as well. Like, I I think it's just like, oh, uh, you know, you'll be perfect for it. It's like, can you ask me this maybe after a few dates? Like, please not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my like God. he says to me, like he says to me, the funny story. He said like, um, like when I first walked into like the TARDIS shed thing, like he told me. He's got like built a whole TARDIS set and it's in like his back garden right in the shed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right, cool. He told me when I walked in, I was the least impressed person who has ever walked in there. Like, ever. That's what he says to me. And like, um, I, 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 I don't even know why. I don't know. But like back then, like fan films, I kind of sort of, you know, like, his series before, I'd see it on, like, YouTube recommended before I even knew him, like, knew what it was, but I had never, like, clicked on it or seen it or anything. It was never something that kind of interested me, and I was, I, I probably was one of these people, like, oh, that's pretty kind of, you know, that's pretty kind of sad, wasting all your time doing this fan film series, you know. I was into the series kind of, like, all on social media and kind of, like, um, being obsessed with kind of, in, like, the whole fandoms and, like, cosplay and celebrities and that side, I was way too obsessed. But, like, stuff like creating your own content, stuff like that, just did not interest me at all. So I had this really geeky guy going, yeah, I've built this, I've done this, done this. It just, I don't know how it was then, but as soon as, but kind of, like, a week into filming, I just completely switched. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, and I sort of became someone who kind of likes creating content and you know my own having my own sense of identity rather than trying to be like someone else like kind of explaining yeah. stuff and sort of it's yeah so who says you're the most least impressed person which sounds horrendous but <laughs> i'm not now it's like the ties that now is crazy and i'm super proud of like everything yeah it's just i'm an entire different person like how i was now that I was back then to be fair like it's crazy how much i've changed in the past like couple years confidence wise and everything it's like insane yeah and i think it's also like um you know there's a sense of like almost you know nerve-wracking when you're an outsider going into something you don't like you know as as we were saying before you know we don't want to kind of be associated with something that might you know down credit us at first like there's something yeah a little bit like we're Mm. reserved to the fact that oh this could be super lame and either yeah. I'm out as yeah. quick as I can get in. Like, it is. You just you always stress. You always see the worst and always kind of stress about judgment and worry about judgment and stuff. Like especially kind of growing up, like in your early adulthood kind of years, you think about image and kind of people judging you and stuff, don't you? So it's yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Talking about talking about image, uh, uh, you know, and stuff. You've now mentioned that you did like. Um, when it rains, which is also on YouTube, it's got like four episodes up now. <laughs> um, which is completely the opposite of uh any element of you at all. Um, this really religious oh character God. of Lottie. Um, which <laughs> how did how did that one even start? How did you get involved with that one? Yeah. Um. So I auditioned for um 
it's an Amazon Prime series, a comedy series. Um, and instead of getting the role in that, they were like, yeah, we're filming a series um, called When It Rains, like series two, that's going like a YouTube um, mini series that is kind of in the same universe as um, Taking Shots, which is the Amazon series they're shooting for. Um, so it's all in this like same universe, except it's kind of like a mini comedy series on the side. Um, and they said, we've got this character that we could see you playing um, called Lottie. And they told me about it. like her and their plans and i was just like hell yes this sounds so fun like honestly she is so far-fetched from being real like it's crazy like her only character like i saw a comment on um an episode recently uh, that says i love that lottie's only character trait is being christian and i was like that is so true like she's just obsessed like how it's written is so clever but it's kind of like she's so different like someone said to me um how, what similarities do you have like between you and Lottie and I was just like um absolutely nothing apart from the fact that we have the same face that's literally it <laughs> I mean um she if you ever meet her like in real life it's kind of one of those characters where you just like her, your first introduction to her is like her sitting next to a church and just kind of talking <laughs> about the bible and yep. you just kind of the the way the dialogue is written, you just kind of go, "Oh, I want to leave." Like if I were any sane person, oh. I would leave because <laughs> she's so oh, like she's so she's so irritating. Like I could not be in a room with her. Oh, it's crazy. You'd just be like, "Can you just sort of? Can you just stop? Like, what is this? Just if you saw her, you'd be like, just stop." Like, I think it's also like she, she wants to get married. She wants to like she you know she's clearly like no sex before marriage, no no nothing mm. before marriage, and you just kind of like feel sorry for him because um you're just like oh oh you're gonna die in this relationship. This is not fun. This is not rewarding. This is just like hell. Um, and it, and it's, she um yeah. She's totally in this bubble of like being totally smothered by like her mom and stuff like that. But so her family is just completely messed up. Like it's crazy. If you watch the full series, it's like, oh, so maybe Lottie could be the most normal one in there. That they've all got these different characters traits that are just so far fetched. Um, it's just yeah. I think that's like that's kind of the interesting thing about that character. Is it so like there's an element of real to her as well? Like there's people out there mm. who are very like that, um, and obviously like you know, I don't think she'd have. Uh, apart from the fact that you know she's got him on fate, like what was it, um, like almost snap stalker or something like that, or it's just like the fact that she's following <laughs> him on on his phone, and on the snap mother maps. is doing yeah snap yeah. maps, and and the mother's doing the exact same, and I'm like. Oh my god, this is like my nightmare. That is just like <laughs> the cringeworthy, awkward conversation of like, do you have free will? Do you do you want free will? No. Okay, cool. This is your life now. This is two women in your house telling you exactly where you are, what you're doing, and at any one time. And it's like it's, it's yeah, it's so terrifying. <laughs> like I, I honestly, I was so passionate about kind of the scripts and stuff because like. It's like a comedy series. It's so far fetched, but like it's actually sort of got a meaning behind it, and kind of like 
it's done it in a really clever way that makes you kind of really interested in it but like you know you've got the main character Zeb who is kind of the whole you know the whole series is kind of like touches on kind of like mental health and like the fact that he is trying to change himself to try and like suit her because she he like fancies her and like she won't you know she's lotty she's not going to change for anyone like she's inflicting her beliefs and everything on like him and he's just sort of there like trying to get involved trying to change to kind of be impressed impressive with her and it's kind of got these sort of themes of not like yeah you know trying to do what's best for you and not change for anyone else and like the themes and stuff in it actually quite like because it's so subtle but like it's done really really well and sort of the dialogue is so witty and like yeah like the amount that i've learned about the bible is insane like i've got bible quotes like running through my head like literally I can't believe I even learned that much. It's just, oh, it was, it was great. <laughs> I mean, like you were talking about Lottie and you, the fact that you were very different uh, in people. Mm. I, I take it like, what's your what's your stance on religion? <laughs> it's kind of my next question. Um, I'm not. I don't class myself as religious in any sense, um, at all. I don't. <laughs> did Did Lottie turn you off? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Not really. I mean, she's a very extreme version. I'm just like, um, you know, I think like people need religion kind of like as a sort of a drive in life, I suppose, which I totally respect. And like, you know, it's about the fact of kind of like living and not knowing kind of what's out there that kind of scares people. So they have kind of religion to kind of, um, you know, reason to kind of drive and kind of live type thing or like follow. I, I suppose a sense of community, I suppose. So in terms of like, like religion i totally kind of you know respect it's all just to do like individual people and kind of what they want to believe but myself i'm just i don't class myself as religious in any sense i guess it must have opened a little bit more of an understanding of like christianity and uh, catholicism to you a little bit more um Mm. i guess a lot of it's sort of what you've been brought up to and sort of not having the freedom to kind of think what you want to think or people just making the conscious choice of actually wanting to be like that which is totally fine but like um yeah it's not for me (laughs) i don't know it's a very touchy subject like you know because what i didn't want to happen i didn't want anyone to get offended by when it rains because it's not you know not taking the mickey out of it at all or anything like that but how it's written I like it's just so I just find it really clever and just sort of seeing how it kind of reflects on Zeb and sort of these extreme reactions and kind of like this crazy sort of storylines actually works really well for the comedy series and stuff like that like and I think I think it's because Zeb's character is completely opposite like he's just so he's such an awkward soul as well like he's just this sort of um doesn't know what to do with her bless him he's so He's so lonely and desperate. I know. And she's it's just uh, so like <laughs> bless. <laughs> I I think that's kind of like when you look at it and you just go, um, oh, oh mate, just just don't like you could do better. Yeah, I'm just uh, like just, just stop, just stop trying. <laughs> I mean, with with you know having done like now uh you know a stage play and also like you know the web series as well as like you know a couple of shorts films and stuff did you was something acting mm. something you wanted to do originally or is it kind of something that you know you fell into it's always been like an interest but i never had the confidence to kind of do it like yeah like i used to watch 
like be obsessed with like tv and celebrities and stuff when i was like like younger when i was a teen um and it's sort of maybe like i want to be like them i want to do that i want to get into acting i want to do this um but i never sort of knew how or thought i was good enough i had the confidence i suppose like i guess you just sort of use that type of stuff like sort of like an escapism type thing like when i think back then now i'm just like i was way too i used to just spend all my time like on social media and like twitter and stuff like that like recently i deleted all my tweets on twitter because like i had over like a hundred thousand tweets on twitter and i was like that is actually insane um i think someone i knew like um worked it out and told me how many averages out to like an hour and it was something like three like three tweets an hour or something ridiculous for however long i'd be on twitter and i was like wow i was way too obsessed back in the day and i was like basically this person who kind of i wanted to kind of get into acting and do stuff like that but i never knew how or I never had the self-belief like i did act in a jesus like drama at jesus se in like um school but i came up with like a grade that i wasn't happy with just because i wasn't that good like i never really had i was quite like quiet in school or you know surrounded by like big personalities that were kind of like outdo me and kind of was always in the background thinking like hey i want to do that but i don't know how or i don't have the confidence for it and stuff and it's just kind of and then when the series happened and just sort of happened to go in it it's just sort of um led from there and actually kind of thought about oh yeah maybe i can actually sort of get into this and it sort of led me to kind of go you know find some classes and courses and like applying to different things and sort of having the confidence to be like yeah i'm just gonna try it and if i don't succeed that's fine you know you just it's a learning curve you have to try and see everything as a sort of learning curve and not sort of like a failure type thing so definitely it's been a conscious choice as well as something that i fell into but things have kind of fell into place and helped me along the way Um, yeah it's interesting you talk about uh, confidence as well because you know Mm. um like unlike most people during lockdown who don't do any like self you know analysis or they're kind of like you know you've been actually using this opportunity to kind of look after yourself and um you know you've been you know seeing a pt and actually you know benefiting you know how you feel about yourself a lot more so how's like do you think that's gonna take a huge impact on like you moving forward that you're feeling a bit more like comfortable because you know uh, now honestly yeah it's um it sort of gave me quite a drive in lockdown because i used to go to the gym um before lockdown and when they all closed i was like this is something that i kind of don't want to stop doing because i used to enjoy going um i never really knew kind of a lot about fitness or kind of what to do to get what i kind of wanted um and then i sort of just ended up with a personal trainer i don't really know how it was just sort of randomly one night i was looking at them like online and then you can like send off for like quotes for them um and then all of a sudden this one messaged me um and then like asked me this message and like hey we'll have a chat about it on zoom um like zoom about like joining us and all of a sudden ended up like doing an induction and then i sort of it just sort of happened i don't really know um and then i'm still doing it like four how long have we doing now a good five months i'd say um i have like two sessions a week and that's literally like i've learned so much i've got like really like interested in kind of nutrition and kind of fitness and kind of like good food and like my eating and everything like that and honestly like it's something that i kind of 
it's something that you kind of you'll never kind of leave you I suppose because I've learned so much and kind of because my trainer is a nutritionist as well so like he's really really helpful and like in lockdown sort of like doing some acting stuff as well as having that because I've been on furlough before I was made redundant from my like day job I was like put on furlough for like like months um so I kind of just at home sort of waiting around it's kind of gave me sort of like a a bit of focus and kind of I got hell of a lot out of it and sort of like actually getting results I wanted and a drive and kind of you know it gave me a lot more confidence kind of like how I look and feel and like planning ahead like I always plan my day in terms of like food what I'm eating and kind of what I'm doing and I kind of actually really like it because I know I'm sort of on track and stuff like that like there's a there's a sense of control you know yeah yeah absolutely do you feel like you know um you know with with all that kind of in mind like um and you know like obviously you've been talking about acting and like the fact that you know uh your confidence is growing um there's a real sense of like you know um body body image and everything with um uh, with young girls and everything and do you feel like moving forward uh, you know into the acting thing like you know you're going to hopefully be cast by your acting acting talent rather than the way you look um do you do you feel like yeah. that's a concern of yours that you know people are going to base you on how you know you look or how attractive you are or you know all these sort of dumb things that kind of Hollywood or, you know, any films kind of tend to do? So it's kind of crazy, um, the fact, I'm going to bring it back to social media, it's crazy how that much, that has kind of influenced the industry that much. Like, I know of a lot of kind of um, acting films and, like, productions that hire people because they're popular rather than they're these unknown people with a lot of talent like people who it's true like on acting communities and things like that they say you need a good um you know engage rate you need a good like amount of followers you need to be popular on like social media because it does boost you in terms of the industry and um if you you know if you have like i don't know twenty thousand followers on something you will be a much higher position than someone who only has about 200 it depends on the production. Sometimes they cast for talent, but other times if they use it to try and get their own film out as exposure, because um, it's a lot about exposure and kind of like getting themselves out there because there's so much more competition now. Oh, yes. We especially all love now, selling a lot on... of streaming. Yeah. yeah. Especially there's a lot of streaming services and all this type of stuff. Um, so in terms of that, it's crazy, which obviously that's all about image and kind of looking good. And there is, you know... It's a shame that as has such an influence. It's not like pure talent. I feel the problem with social media is it's always, you know, like as a girl, you know, you, you get messages where people are like, oh, you look good or something. But then you get those weird comments where you're like, oh, man, you're hot or. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah. Um, I feel like <laughs> social media, um, it's kind of a very, it's a very fucked kind of element to it it's a it's a very skew with view of it and i think that um that's the problem that i you know as a guy we don't we don't experience as much but as a as a um you know a, a female actor or you know a female on social media you you get more of because you get like there's always a constant like 
I imagine there's a part of the back of your mind of checking, you know, making sure you do enough research for the projects or, you know, to know not just one, what you're getting into, but also two, who these people are. So, you know, that they're not, they're not like randoms or creeps or or any like fucked individuals that, you know, you don't want to like. I've, I've applied for like, you know, I've used casting sites and I've applied for some things. And then like sometimes a week later you get a message, like an email. This happened about three times, like an email from um, the casting website to go, this individual you've been, like you've applied for this job to, or, um, you know, maybe you've kind of had a correspondence with them um, has been, you know, been reported to the website. They've been like blocked from using the site please do not make any contact with them, do not do this, do that. And you just think like, oh my God, like what did they do? Um, I was, a good while ago, I got sent um, randomly like on a casting site going, hey, we, we're shooting this film. Um, it wasn't that, it was quite local to me. They're like, yeah, this is the pay, this is blah, 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 blah. The, here's the script. And kind of chatting and they sent the script and he had this like full on sex scene in this script and I was, how old was I? I was like 20, this could be years ago, I was like 21. Um, and I was just like, um, what? <laughs> like, it was just, it was just this, and I mean, how it was written. Obviously, you know how things like that are filmed, like, properly. You have, like, people on set kind of coordinating the whole day. And, like, people from unions and stuff, kind of, cause it's a very, like, intimate type thing. And this was just like this random guy you wanted to shoot this thing. And it was very like how it was written. It was kind of disgusting. When I was reading it, I was just like, what the hell? And I just sent a message going, um, I'm not this. And I told him how kind of uncomfortable it was and how it was written. It was kind of really bad. And he like took it like so offensively, the fact that I didn't want to be in this thing. And I was just a bit like, it, it's very... Um, you do have to be really, really careful. Um, yeah, it's because you never know someone who is desperate to be in something. They're just going to say yes. It, it could yeah. be this random guy with like a camera who, you know, is it could be hell of a lot worse than what it is. It might not even be like a proper film. It might, you know, be something really dodgy or yeah, it might never know, see the light of day. Like praying like... or yeah, it's just... <sighs> I I think that, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's also like you know. I, there's there's something to be said, uh, which is it can't ever be your first thing. Like if you're doing any sort of form of like nudity or like sex scenes and stuff, I remember many years ago, like I knew a director and they were like, I want to film a like a sex scene. And I was like, why? That's the last thing I want to film. Like I have no interest. That's like really technically complicated. It doesn't achieve unless it has an element in the story. Like... If there's some reason, has, yeah, it, it has to exist mm. for a purpose. It can't exactly. exist. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you can't create a script around that scene. That scene has to be in there. Yeah, it has to be in there the organically. Script, like, yeah, for a reason. Yeah, it's got to add something to the story. Like with swear, like with like loads of swearing in scripts and stuff. Like sometimes you read scripts, like um, student films and stuff, which I've done. Like quite a bit of like back in the day um yeah they send scripts and you just read it and like this is just like the amount of swearing it's not needed like what is this it doesn't even make sense it's just a mess and they're just students doing their first film and there's got to be a reason for it it just doesn't add anything like 
I think it's because everyone assumes that we say fuck or like shit or anything like that as our second or third word. Mm. And yeah, I think there's a real sense of like, oh, you can, you know, like you can swear more, you can swear less. But yeah, I do agree with you. There's a real sense of like, and people adding it for the sake of adding it. Yeah. It's like when it, I had the best example as well, which is like when people write a scene that they just think is visually really cool and they're like, but it adds nothing to the whole element of like of anything like or it doesn't work but you're mm. like this doesn't this doesn't gel with the rest of the script and they won't change it they'll just be like no nah, but it's really cool and you're like then you don't understand how a script flows like this could be a, the coolest thing you have thought of but if it doesn't gel with the rest of what's happening there's no point to it you have to be open-minded and be able to take criticism on board and sort of the the best things to come out of you know the best films especially if you're like an amateur filmmaker or sort of you're trying to get to the industry the best thing to do is sort of you know learn in progress and sort of not releasing every single thing you film you look back you watch something you you film it you edit it you leave it you come back to it a week later, you watch it and you go, oh my God, no, I could do this differently. Then you leave yeah. it and you come back and then you've come with a product that you're really happy with. Some things you've kind of cut down or things that you're not included or things that you don't need. And honestly, it comes out a hell of a lot better rather than just going, film this, do this, out. Like you have to sort of see it with a fresh head because you can edit you can edit for like days the same thing and it will end up just being a complete mess because of just, you have to have a break from it coming back and sort of, understanding what's right and understanding sort of the industry and what like if you know if it's like a drama go and watch dramas and sort of see how other things are done in terms of you know and just sort of yeah yeah I, I, I th- and stuff like that i think it's like yeah um you know people people kind of like go into this industry expecting things to just happen immediately and it's like oh no you build yourself up you build your um you know it's all through trial and error it's all through Mm. Uh, you know this very skew whiff of you know obviously you're, you're you know you were mentioning before with the whole like you know you look back at everything and you go oh I change this you know oh I could do better next time you just got to constantly like get better at it otherwise you're very yeah. much like stuck in this sort of like you can never say oh I'm the best it ever was immediately when you come out of uni it's like no you've got so much to learn um mm. and, and that's you know the best way um and i i think it's just like um people you know i think some people just you know obviously who enter this industry are very like not all but some are very you know um unpleasant people or something or um or just very jaded people but yeah there's definitely like we've had the we've definitely had like the industry used to be a very like male dominated industry where it was like you know um back in the 60s and 70s and you know you had uh, you know there was a lot more women can't do this kind of culture there was there were you know like i i think the idea that you were you know you weren't a female talent you were a female producer or you were um you know it was a very much a, you know, a very different thing like any behind the scenes stuff if you're a woman was pretty much like extraordinary for you even to be there yeah it's made sort of you were just there for kind of image or sort of like to look good that's what females were kind of for 
and if like you were actually doing a job like sort of producer or stuff like that people like whoa that's like that's not right you shouldn't be doing that type thing yeah it's mainly just sort of for looking good like as well as like in sort of the you know bring it back to kind of like talking about how women are kind of seen in the industry and stuff like that like you really do need to know like understand the industry and how people are meant to you know how proper castings are meant to kind of be and like understand kind of your limits and just like you know if it's not right for you then you're allowed to go whoa that isn't cool or like if it sounds too good to be true then it most likely is there's been lots of like things like i've sort of seen or i would chat to which sound amazing um, or they big it up and then it's just some like some really dodgy underneath it that's just not right. Or like you see castings where it's like um, female needed um, needs to wear sexy clothes, stuff like that. And then like when you use those words, like you're not aware of like certain scenes um, that they describe in like these casting calls. Like they use the words like sexy or kind of like um you know it's not what you meant to write or if like nudity you know needs to wear underwear needs to look sexy sexy body yeah. blah, blah, stuff like that and it's kind of like you need to write it in a way that like why you know who deems what that looks like it's very like you're not meant to just sexualize it like say you need like a female to wear this to be in like an intimate scene and it's how you write it can tell you like who's behind it and kind of what they want in terms of they're not going to be filming it and sort of seeing it or how good does this look in terms of like how like you know amazing does this like female look in it it's like what's actually right for the scene and kind of what's like the art of the scene and stuff like that rather than sort of like going oh that's hot you know this is kind of what I want. yeah i think it's like i i had a script many many uh years ago that was given to me and um well, I was helping make it and it had a sex scene in it, but it was like a very much like romantic moment between two characters. And I was like, oh, you know, it was really yeah. nicely written. It was a very short film. Like it, it, this was such like a two second kind of glimpse into this, that element. So it was so quick, the scene. It wasn't all, you know, it was like about this couple and this guy had a VR set, which basically was reliving the last few days of his partner being alive. Um, so it was kind of a sad story and I sent the script mm. around and a lot of people were like, oh, this is re-. like all the girls were like, this is really good. Like it's really, really nicely written. It's very, you know, romantic. It's very tasteful. And I sent it to a couple of guys and guys were just like, man, you know, like, oh, you know, like, I, I think it was just, uh, you know, the, uh, I got a couple of quotes were just being like, oh, this is for the wank bank or something like that. And I was like, there's a, mm. there's a real kind of like. I think I think different approach as well, like with with you know versus like what people see, especially with guys, and you know like they automatically I, I think, um, you know not all guys because some guys don't think like this, but there is a very much a you know we try and sexualize everything rather than just go this you know this can be what it is, and it's just a romantic yeah. story, and I think. It's so baffling to me that that kind of came about from just a you know script that was barely two pages. It was so short, and you know people it, were just going and being revolting about it's it. Mindsets like male mindsets kind of work differently, I suppose. It depends on the person though, like maturity and stuff like that. But it's called the arts for a reason. You know, it's not like <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Like as an arts industry, it's like 
it's creating content that's kind of creative and like yeah you know visually pleasing but like that's experimental it's not you know build like doing it to kind of look good so it's you know something for guys to kind of enjoy or you know what i mean like i, I think it's also like a huge still stigma about you know uh like i want to say you know uh, sex as an idea as well like it's only a guy thing still to this day even though you know like I, it's quite clear to the world population that you know women enjoy sex too so but you know there's that great quote with Stephen Fry which I think was a few years ago which was, was like women can't enjoy sex or they fake it or something and I was like I remember reading that going well you're a gay man like when was the last time you slept with any woman so what valid evidence do you have it is crazy yeah like it is crazy how kind of like girls are seen as almost kind of sluttish or like if they enjoy those type things or if they kind of you know like work in that like industry or like things like that like it's totally it's human like i don't see the issue like you know like the whole um it's it, what really interests me you know like the whole like only fans type thing on like oh yes um, that... twitter and stuff like that that's such a big industry now and you just see people who obviously like it and you see people who are like oh it's not really a real job it's not like a whole stigma around it um and i'm just like like to do stuff like that it's kind of like the the woman is kind of in control of what she puts out. Obviously, she's confident with whatever she puts out. I don't see an issue with it whatsoever. Like, it's sort of their own sort of content. And I hate the stigma around people, like, women deemed as sort of not being able to show off how they look or, like, deemed as, like, a different, you know, viewed down as just because of she's confident with kind of how she looks and if she likes that sort of, a, like, it's, yeah... It's sort of the fact like guys are very kind of praised for being kind of um, talking about all like sex and stuff like that. Women, it's very like touch and go. Like you can get sort of judged by it or like I just I find yeah. it really interesting just seeing how differently people are kind of treated. But like it's 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 stupid for something that's so like human and normal and kind of yeah. It's it's and it and it's funny that you mentioned like like OnlyFans, which is you know I think probably you know came about because of COVID into popularity. But um, yeah, you, you know, it's it's a great way for you know people, that, it, and it's also kind of attracted uh, probably people who aren't uh, sex workers, like you know, to to it as well. Like there's just people who feel confident and themselves. Um, you mm -hmm. know, there's definitely people who I follow on Twitter who have um, those accounts, and I'm like, okay. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, the stigma behind it is so, you know, as you say, so ridiculous because it's like, well, you know, if they're confident, you know, it's a safe environment. They, as you say, completely in control. They can upload what they want, choose what they want and share what they want. So whether or not, you know, yeah. people subscribe to that is on them. But, you know, treat these people with respect because it is also their job. Yeah. It's also the fact that like people think because they put out content like that that they think it's a free pass to kind of say what they want. Kind oh, of yeah. if 
yeah that's the only thing like if people like girls put out images and stuff like that or like you know some people don't even like it's not even all like um people like what do i say like it's not all kind of like nudity and stuff like that people put like model photos up and kind of like um like underwear and stuff like that and like the things that people um they think it's okay to kind of well it's just i find it so interesting just to kind of see people's kind of reaction stuff i'm just find it ridiculous but like the people can be so creepy towards those who kind of work in it and i'm just like if there's money in this, like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, if girls, like, can look, they, they look this way, they feel confident enough, they can make a career out of it. And I'm just like, why not? Kind yeah. of, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see, I don't see any issue with it whatsoever. Like, honestly, it's not something, it's not to be ashamed of at all. Like, it's just how people think it's a free pass to kind of be creepy and sort of, you know, there's a fine line. Just because this girl is sort of putting these images or whatever out there does not mean you can go and be creepy or sort of threaten and say stuff like that. Like, it's, yeah. It's very disgusting. And, uh, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's sort of like, you know, when anyone posts, you know, uh, any photo of themselves in underwear or anything like that, or any photo that they want to look good on on Instagram, and someone goes and deems it like, oh, they shouldn't be, you know, it's too risque. And it's like, sod off. You fuck off. Yeah. You don't, you have no say in this. Like, this is them. Yeah. And get the fuck away. Like, I remember my uh, my friend Maddie, I took a couple of like really nice theater photos. And, you know, you know, it's just that whole idea of when I took these photos and I was really proud and we had a makeup artist, my friend Angela there. And it was like, you know, two other women on set, and it was me and uh, um, and Maddie, and it was just such a fun environment. And I remember just going like, I think one of the things that I've always tried to do as well is check with people and just like, oh, do you like this idea? Do you like this? But throw so many references to the concept that I'm thinking of, um, so I can always be like, you know, this is what it's going to look like um, in terms of art and anything and I sort of uh you know been formulating a new one which is sort of to do with Greek sirens and uh I'm you know gonna shoot it up on a on a beach up near Wollongong which is about um an hour and a half from Sydney but there's this whole idea of like with with sirens that they're like semi you know naked or they're kind of like washed out in the water and stuff I remember Mm. talking uh talking to the one of the people who I want to uh get images of and be like okay can you model for me and she was like yeah sure and then i sent her a, like she was like what sirens though what do you mean by greek sirens i sent her all the reference photos and she's like this seems like really cool like this seems really interesting and stuff but i remember just you know like the, you know if i ever did anything which you know kind of looked a bit you know and i was thinking in my head like oh i get to take this really interesting historical like attempt at you know something very artistic and stuff but also in the back of my head i'm like um you know that there's going to be someone on the internet just going man she's hot and i'm just like why is that a thought why can't i just take these photos and be proud of the art that i do like why do i constantly like as a as a um as a photographer as well um you know just worry about that stuff so i think i think that's for me is is something that I keep looking at and going, oh God, like someone's going to judge me for that. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, you can't let it like stop you or anything like that. Like when I upload like my Instagram and stuff like that, like 
it's just like upload just like normal photos like do you know what i mean like it's just like whatever i want to upload and i still have people kind of comment like you know middle-aged men or whatever like creepy twitter guys like writing stuff like i've got loads of people that follow me um and stuff like that and some of them like it's very hard to kind of know who's okay and who's not some of them are just like genuinely like okay people and other times people kind of say things you just be like oh that's not you know okay that's not some people can be very demanding like they think you kind of owe them something or you like oh like because yeah they kind of they write like comments and they're like oh why aren't you replying to me or they keep like you know i get message requests from people and they're like think you owe them a response and like things like that it's the point where like when i upload photos like now i kind of think like is this fine to post like the other day i like um posted like some photos on my story and like you can see my like stomach in them because like i've been kind of training so i've got like more confidence sort of like how i look and stuff like that um like before i never would have kind of uploaded pictures like that at all and like i was thinking before i post i was like is this okay to post like um i think you overthink in your head i was like who's gonna see this i was like people i know is gonna see this like random people are gonna see this is this fine and i was like you know why am i just like i just fucking post it like why am i just like why am i bothering so much like it's yeah you drill in your mind you always think ahead going you mean it's you you know i mean who who's gonna think about this is you know it's just so like I, I think uh, it's such a it's such a fucked way of like you know having to be think look thinking of social media like that as well like and yeah. it's, it's the same thing about compliments which i actually noticed recently it's like you know we're we're trained to be like oh you know i'll compliment you and you know like you know uh, be like you look good today but there's sort of this really weird thing of now you know th- there's sort of like drilled into our heads where we just can't say someone looks good without it seeming really creepy because you just kind of can't go oh mm. you look nice today without it considering it's flirting and i'm like no you could say you look nice today and it's a friend and have no like sexual interest in them at all but we've created this yeah f- fucked up way of looking at society um where yeah. it's deemed rude or like uh you can't say that to anyone like why would you say that unless you were like interested and you can instantly like go to like because of like someone's experiences on social media of people being creepy if someone wrote something like that your mind can instantly go to why are they being weird even if they're not or if you know they're not being strange like if someone else kind of read it they would think that it's crazy and also the fact like it's funny you talk about compliments because like say if you know if i posted something and then someone said like oh you look you know you look beautiful you look really good like something like i don't know another girl or like anyone and like i don't know why it's sort of drilled in people's minds that they can't accept compliments like when people write back it's like when people like oh no not as beautiful as you or like they're like oh my god you're so kind or stuff like that like (laughs) oh my god babe you know what i mean it's like why can't you just say oh thanks or like because when I, when I get comments like that, I always think, like, what are they expecting me to reply? They go, like, oh, thank you. Or do you, want, do you want me to say something back to them? Or be, like, really humble about it? Or can't you just be, like, own it and be, like, yeah, I know I do. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's crazy how... Also, obviously, it's because we... Se- yeah. I think it's because we seem, it's like, weird. we're arrogant. Like, it's a big, like, fuck you. Yeah, I am. And it's yeah. just, like, <laughs> you know, obviously, obviously we're not. Because it's, like, you know, we're just, you know, confident in how we look so it's like i remember this 
you know, like I had two of my female friends recently say they were like, oh, I know I'm attractive, like, or I know I'm pretty, you know? And I remember thinking in the back of my head, yeah, you own it. And then at the other side, I was like, man, you sound arrogant though. I was like, hang on, why do they sound arrogant? They're, they're confident in how they look. It's just the whole thing of like having to have constant reassurance in order to feel good. Like somewhat, it's like how we have, we have to live to for other people not for ourselves yeah weirdly that's kind of the mindset that everyone kind of has you know you need to look good for them you need you need someone to tell you you look good in order for you to feel justified in saying that and it's it's all about impressing other people and it's it's so funny that we say this in the arts which is you know like all about the audience it's, you know well mm. actually that's what people think it is about the audience and in with social media but it's actually about us it's never about others which I think is like such a a fucked way of like um, thinking about filmmaking or theatre or anything. It's always about you, like as you know, as a, and as an individual, as an artist, because um, you know we've we're the ones doing the performance. So if we're not, you know, it's a weird thing that we sort of say that we want this, you know, because a lot of actors do need that encouragement. Or creators need that encouragement, but you know, I think. Do you feel yeah. like that as an actor? Do Do you need constant encouragement as an actor, or do you think you're pretty like confident now and like, you know, with those abilities? You do get drilled. You do get drilled into your mind. Like, if I post something and then like you don't really get much response, I'm like, is this like, am I doing something wrong? Is like this yeah. fine? Should I delete it? Like that's whole thing. Um, you do obviously compliments do help like if you're putting something out there like you do kind of want people to kind of root for you but as well as that you kind of want to do it for yourself I don't know it's if it's it's only like if you if you're used to someone kind of always kind of complimenting you and if sometimes they don't your mind will instantly be like why what have I kind of done or like yeah, I find that you have to be in terms of acting roles. You have to be super passionate about it and kind of go for it, and not care about kind of you know um, what people think and stuff like that. Like with Lottie, I was super super like passionate about that script. Like so much his character, he was so different from what I've ever played before, and like she was so fun to do something different. Um, like that, I was super like passionate, and confident about it. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to interpret her how I want to do it and I could bring myself to this character and kind of have really fun with playing it and um obviously we filmed all this obviously you don't get feedback until it's all out um by people so just kind of have like trying to find it in you to kind of just do it for yourself but it's very hard not to it's very hard when other people want you know you want to like it's just it's very difficult because obviously you want you want to be accepted that's like everyone wants to be accepted no one wants to be put down or like ignored but you've got to also sort of try and have a balance know it's actually fine to do things for you and kind of it's fine for other people not to be interested in things you're interested in um but sort of it's mainly support that is is the only thing like in terms of sort of the acting industry and people like take not people not taking the industry kind of seriously or thinking it thinking of it as like vital like the whole sort of lockdown this year um people like the entertainment industry kind of industry sort of like being ignored 
and sort of not being deemed as like such an essential thing but it is it's literally like the reason tv is a thing why there's adverts in your newspapers why there's like radio you know what i mean everything is to do with like the the entertainment industry and like you know it was so reliant on it yeah how have you felt with the whole like um you know government you know not taking a stance to help it yeah it really doesn't help because a lot of people don't think acting is a real job or they always seem like the fact when i've talked i talk to people about kind of things that i've been in or like saying yeah i'm an actor i've been in stuff like oh what have i seen you in what have you been in and like they always expect you to say a major tv show that they've heard of like if you say something like oh yeah i did this and that like oh something you haven't really heard of blah 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 um they don't really see it as like a proper thing because they think you have to be a celebrity to be kind of um accepted to be like an accredited actor in their eyes you have to be like a celebrity someone that they can be like tell their friends about like oh my god you know like i can't believe i met this person like there's people who you know are theater actors for years who people who don't know about like it's just like any job I, I, it's there's this uh, you know as you mentioned it's not a real job there's a whole like fucked um view in that as well like there's a lot of parents going oh you know my child can't do a real job and then and i'm like no they're doing a real job like this is their real job this is their job yeah it's an issue that i kind of do face and like you obviously your parents only kind of want the best for you you know and they want you to kind of grow up have a stable job be stable in the life which is kind of what parents do like they just want their kids to kind of be stable and kind of you know what i mean like Mm. go up and sort of obviously only want the best for you so if you're going into something that's not very stable where you know you might not you might struggle some months because you can't get work or obviously like it's kind of alarm not alarm bells but sort of like they kind of think it's good think like it can be quite immature or you're not sort of thinking ahead in your life or sort of fully planning but like i'd rather be sort of um like work hard and do things that are more rewarding than sort of being a job be super stable and kind of regret that's the only thing um but I, i do see where it's coming from but also you kind of just want to be like you kind of just want to shake them and just be like understand kind of what i'm doing you know i've been lucky to kind of be um you know growing up in like a really stable kind of house and like stuff like that and like i kind of want to be able to have the opportunity to kind of do what i want in my life and kind of like um explore because like i'm only 23 now like i'm like young i've got the rest of my whole life ahead of me as well in the industry you always feel like time is running out to kind of break into the industry like i hate those words like break into the industry um in terms of like getting recognized and getting into paid work and stuff like that like proper like not paid work, like professional work um you always need to think like time is running out and yeah it, you feel like parents kind of see that as well like you sort of they get to the age and like yeah you should be moving out this age you should be thinking about your future you should be getting like a full like stable job and stuff like that but it's kind of like maybe you know that's not something that i kind of want i want to sort of try and succeed and stuff that i want to so it can be you know support is such a massive thing that you kind of need and it can be quite hard to sort of um 
push past like not being like I, I yeah um accepted not accepted but sort of not always getting the agreement that you kind of want to go oh that's cool um oh yeah like but getting like a load of questions uh from it and stuff like that it, it can be quite hard because it can it can push you back but you can't it's kind of just the whole of sort of screw you gotta sort of go get on with it type thing but honestly you do understand where they're coming from like i could absolutely see it like on both sides completely because they only ever want the best yeah and i think it's also like um you know when they were younger there was very much you were ticking boxes you were having um you know children by our our age um Mm. which is you know that must be it's like a generation thing it's a, yeah because most people don't have kids now until like their mid-30s and you know early 40s and stuff um if never like it's it's kind of funny that i i know so many girls now who don't want to have kids like um and they've just gone not not interested in children i just interested in having a career and then you know like this parents general you know our parents generation had just been like but but I want to be a grandmother and stuff. And he's just like, well, that, yeah, you had kids. Like, this was your choice. And, you know, but it's not necessarily a new generation. Because there's like, you know, the, the, even though, uh, you know, the pandemic has had a big effect, there's still 7 billion people on this planet. Like, it's a huge, you know, comparison of like increase in population versus like almost 300 years ago. Whereas, like you know, the, mm. the the population was kind of like uh, growing and increasing and everything, and it's just you know our parents uh, came from a time when their parents came from the war, or you know, um, you know the first and second world war. So you know there was a little bit more urgency to have like I think children to bring them up in a really yeah. like good environment. It's a more sort of set environment, kind of how they grew up. Um, yeah. because times have kind of changed since then it is to do with like generations stuff like that like now like we have more freedom to do what you kind of want and it's okay to not you know be generic and want kids or you know it's fine to to just be independent like oh, man i'm just like just do what you want it doesn't like it, <laughs> or it it do you know what i mean like it it's annoying that you kind of have to have these conversations and discussions or people question it. Like, the one thing I absolutely hate, the one thing, like, a pet peeve, like, the one thing I absolutely hate doing is justifying myself. Like, like my actions and stuff like that, things that I want to do. I hate people asking, like, having to explain why. Why am I, like, interested in that? Why am I doing that? Like, I absolutely hate having to explain myself to people. Like, people questioning kind of what you want to do and stuff like that. I hate it annoys me so much. I'm just like, why have I got to sort of explain everything to kind of like anything like that? It just annoys you. I'm just like, just let me do, let me do me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You don't want to be governed. Just respect, respect both ways, you know? Yeah. And it's, I think it's like, um, you know, obviously when people say, I, you know, this is my pet peeve, but it's like, I want what's best for you. And I'm like, then leave me be. Like, yeah. let me do what I want to do. Oh, but I don't think mm. it's gonna make you happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't be doing it if it didn't make me happy. Yeah, and I'm like, well, if you don't think it will, then let me make that mistake and let's find out. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. How about just let me do what I want to do? Like, 
you know, you, you haven't got one choice. You know what I mean? You could just you can go into one way and completely change and go to the other way, like in like paths in life. It's not set. Like yeah. you can discover things and things that might not work. It's absolutely fine. You don't have to make a choice as soon as you turn like eighteen and go, This is what I want to do. Like just everyone just needs to calm down. Like it's what I say, like people think like time's running out. Um in terms of like, you know, even the acting industry, like maybe to get into it, um but you know, there's people who become actors at the age of like forty, fifty. Like some famous actors who hasn't even got properly into roles until they were like in their forties. Um or like people who, you know, were trained, I don't know, like trained dentists and worked there for years before they actually went into you know, the industry yeah. and work in and while they were more stable and it's just I'm just like it's totally fine just to change paths or discover things and make mistakes. It's just kind of, oh man, I'm just like just let just let people do what they want to do. Like just 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 leave everyone to it. Because you you know um, I remember uh, you mentioning to me a while back, which was like you did a you did like that um, you know when you had a redundancy, you tried to do those like career. Um, career option things like oh what could you be good at oh my god yeah and, and you yeah. got acting like yeah it was on um the, the government website and they're like yeah find what um they're like fancy a job change find what job's good for you i went through this questionnaire it's the most generic questionnaire ever so i've no idea where they got the responses like from and then I did it thinking, oh, it was going to mm. like, you know, come up with something interesting. And then it just came up with actor. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, what? If that doesn't say it, that says it all. Then all the other ones, it came up with like digital media and like graphic design, which is what my day job was in. And I was just like, how the hell did this, how did this even, I don't get it. It was the most generic questionnaire. And it came up with all this. I was like, how, I was like, this, how does it know me so well? I was like, what? Because you talk <laughs> about like, uh, you know, being uh doing cosplay and you know fan stuff before like did that is like in in terms of not just acting mm. would you do other things like what you know what else would you want to give yourself a challenge at that isn't just acting would you want to do directing or writing or like obviously because you helped out a bit on you know the doctor fan films with writing is there ever a chance that you might want to do all these other avenues yeah, as well um um I d- yeah, I mean, like, I studied creative writing at, like, college. It's, like, at, like, an A-level. So I do like writing. I used to write, like, loads of scripts and stories and stuff like that. Like, I like writing my own monologues and things. Um, That is interesting. Like, I do like graphic design. I do have an interest in. And when you say graphic design, it's sort of, um, is it, like, VFX? Or are you talking, like, um, titles, uh, de- title designs and stuff like that? I like title designs and, like, because I worked in advertising, like, um, I worked for like a local newspaper and I was sort of um, doing the adverts for it, like in certain papers in like around the UK. That was kind of like my sort of day job and stuff like that, which I did enjoy. Um, I've also, yeah, as well as other interests, kind of, I was looking into nutrition and stuff like that recently because I also studied psychology and I find like human behaviour and things like that really interesting. Like I watch documentary stuff all the time, like and turn people's choices and I'm looking at all these psychology sort of studies to do with kind of like um nutrition and kind of eating and stuff like that there's something called the Minnesota 
starvation experiment, which probably sounds boring to anyone else, but sort of someone who's kind of interested in fitness and stuff. I, I've watched loads of YouTube videos. I spent like about like like four hours sort of Googling oh the God. study and like learning all about it because I just find it really interesting. Um, stuff like that. Um, modeling, I do quite like doing like shoots and stuff like that. And I now I'm more confident with myself. I have done like loads of kind of like time for print photo shoot yeah. stuff, which I would really like to do more of. It's interesting that you mentioned psychology as well. So when did you like, was that prior to getting into any of the acting stuff? Like you did that in uni and then um, like go straight into like doing the Doctor Who fan films? Like I did it. Um, Well, it wasn't uni because like it was... I suppose, like, in England, you go to college before you go to uni. It's kind of like... Which is such a weird, like, you know... Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Uh, basically, I did, like, A-level. So I did, like, media um, and creative writing and psychology, and which is sort of a weird mix. And that was kind of a weird mix because, one, I had no clue what I wanted to do. And, two, I wanted to do drama and kind of acting in it. But... um. I was all sort of told it would be completely useless um, to kind of do. Um, sort of like, kind of like by people I know and kind of, it's not, they say like, oh, there's no career in it. It's actually useless, like studying like drama in like an A-level or something like that. So I never did that, which is why I kind of chose creative writing instead of it, I remember. So that, that yeah, I mainly just chose those because that's kind of what I did in school and I enjoyed it. And then I sort of, it's only afterwards and then like as soon as I left college um which I was 18 and a few months later is when I met Luke and then all this sort of happened for five years and then I regret it so much not doing drama like I always think like back in the day like when I was a kid I used to go um I used to do like trampolining lessons after school and there was one week where I went to this drama drama and singing class with like one of my friends before she moved like down south um and i chose to do trampoline lessons over acting and singing lessons when i was about 10 years old wow and i had this opportunity to be in like chicago in the background on like um on stage like the week after and i chose not to do that and i'm like <sighs> what is wrong with me like that could have helped me so damn much i could be in an entirely different position now like i was just like oh my god, if I could turn back time, I'd be like, why are you doing these useless trampolining? Like, you know, why are you getting awards just to, like, do a flip on a trampoline? Go learn how to yeah, sing. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, do you know oh what I mean? God. It's just, oh my god. That's you can so, think like, back, it's crazy. Is singing, you know, is singing now something you want to give a try? Or, like, how good are you, how good are you at singing? Oh, I'm not that great. <laughs> I mean, I would like to. I w I've kind of thought about kind of lessons and stuff, because I'd like to. Because it is quite useful as an actor sort of being able to in terms of just learning about your voice and stuff it would be more useful um because i love singing like my, my favorite thing ever is um driving because i've got like i drive um my favorite thing the past year has just been like driving alone and blasting my music and just singing because you're in this little like your bubble like in your own car and stuff like that it's like one of my favorite things to do and it's always musicals and like those are musicals and stuff like that and i'm like that would be a total dream like one of my favorite musicals is called come from away um and i always listen to the soundtrack and i'm like that would be a total dream like my like 100 dream job would to be in that production like on stage but i'm like one i don't have a lot of experience in theater and two i cannot sing 
<laughs> but I'm like, in an ideal world, that would be kind of, that would be amazing. Like that's kind of, you always kind of have that thing in your head going, I want to do that. Yeah. Like, even though my main focus is kind of on screen, that would just be like, oh, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with the play. It's just so good. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that just gives you an opportunity to kind of like, you know, achieve for when COVID's all over and then you can kind of just be like, let's break into mm. this and give it a go. It could also like, you know, with with singing it's, as well, it's sort of like, it's one of those things that you do and you don't think much of like at the time. Um, well, like, you know, I, I did singing lessons when I was younger and then my voice broke and everything. And, and I haven't done singing since my voice broke. But I mean, if I got back into it, I'd probably be able to sing quite well. Ah. But it's more the fact that you just, you know, it's the confidence levels. It's the mm. kind of like, can I do this? Can I do this kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, it is. I always think like, I always think you kind of need to be able to sing before you do lessons. I don't know. I'm like, how do you do? You just turn up with really bad voice, and then you just magically get better. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just a bit like, do you need to be able to be decent before you can? Because I'd feel a bit embarrassed, kind of like going to kind of like a lesson and just singing really badly, and they'd be like, oh, okay, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> like, I don't. I've no. It's something that I've never. You know what I mean? Like, it's something I've never actually gone into. I wouldn't have the confidence to actually show them actually how I kind of sing. It's just throwing yourself in the deep end giving it a crack because like anyone who's learning to sing is going to sound terrible mm. their first time and you know it's all about holding notes so it's always about um yeah you know just practicing and practicing and also you talk about voice wanting to do more voice work and that's a great way to understand you know obviously as you were saying understand your voice because then you can like you can really know your intonations and yeah. how you use it and the muscles that you use in your in your like throat and the back of your um, your larynx and everything. So it's sort of... Mm. Yeah, apparently it really does help in acting, especially learning like musical theatre songs because it's about yeah. acting in song, which is, it uses like emotion and stuff like that, which help, which would help you kind of perform. I mean, with, you know, it'd probably help you perform with the accents as well. Like is accent work something you want to try and get into, like change your accent? God, yeah, I've never, yeah never done anything like that um and i would like to but it's as well it's a confidence thing to go and just be like yeah do this accent it could be terrible and it's sort of like accents is something that you do need to be able to do and i'm like what classifies like you as saying yes i can do i don't know an american accent in something you know like do you can you just say you can do it if you think you can or do you have to like have training and be told by someone you can do it like it's all about kind of it kind of i don't know there is there is limitations and i still have like confidence sort of issues with performance and stuff like that but it's all experience and kind of like um, i mean i think i think with accents as well it's sort of like you know um with the australian accent it's you know people who get it right tend to get the drawl kind of you know the almost bastardized version of irish and cockney is basically what it became and and that's kind of how we classify mm. it a little bit to simplify it down but it's sort of you shorten every words in australia like everyone has shortened like instead of saying good day you say good day uh which is a, a good you know, day. yeah good day or um 
and and everything is shortened. But the funny thing is, when you watch when you watch TV shows that are based in Australia, like set in the outback and stuff, no one speaks like that. It's a big assumption that people actually speak like that. And then you you know everyone comes to the CBD and goes, "Oh, you're so different." And like, yes, because we actually live in cities, like in small towns, like we're not just rural outback. So there's a big assumption about Australia being this very kind of devo, you know, grotty kind of country like it's you know which is funny because you know we talked about a bit about being like the convict kind of sector which you know elements are true but a lot of a lot of the australian population is actually also like immigrants who have fled other countries so we're very multicultural like we've got a huge you know chinese and uh, japanese market here um and there's a real sense of like our accent is very all over the shop because of the so many different cultures that kind of enter here. Um, so depending where you are in Australia, your accent will be either thicker or looser. Like mine's very much loose compared to some people's who are very thick in terms of their, you know, where they were born. I'm sure like, I'm sure that's the same for you when, you know, like the difference between like a Birmingham accent versus, um, you know, someone who was born in London. Oh, it's crazy. Like, I'm quite lucky because I'm quite well-spoken for where I'm from. Um, Like, you have the Birmingham accent, which is kind of like, you're like, oh, like, oh, I can't even, like, do it. It's like, you're like, you're brummy. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> I can't even do the Birmingham accent. It's horrendous. Um, it's, it's like talking like you're lazy. I don't know, like, the accent. Like... I have no idea why I talk the way I do. Like, everyone around me has the accent, like, really thick. But I don't. I don't know why I've just sort of refused to have it, like, when I'm grown up. Like, but it's, it's done me a favour, the fact that my accent is more sort of, more like RP sort of generic um, mm. English. Like, well-spoken kind of, like, English, which which is works well in kind of, like, the acting industry. Um, so I luckily don't have like an accent that holds me back. I, I'm sort of just very generic. Um, but yeah, like when people say, "Oh yeah, I can do a British accent," accent, but I'm like, they always think like posh, like posh, posh, like posh British talking accent where you're very like well spoken and like like that, and you're just very like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like like Queen's English type thing. But there's hell of a lot, hell of a lot, like loads of accents. Yeah, that just changes it's yeah you got like london and like up north accents like northern accents i do like um southern accents it's just ridiculous kind of the amount you have people like yeah i could do british accent but i'm like yeah but but, like which (laughs) where in britain where in britain um yeah i mean like i've been to new uh newcastle and when you're in like the north of england man do people speak entirely like different and it, it's funny because it's all considered like, you know, and still to this day, London is considered like the posher areas than, you know, Oxford and is considered quite posh as well. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, because you're well-spoken and everyone speaks very politely. Um, <laughs> that like, was good. Thank you. Um, basically, in, in Australia, we just we just basically speak higher and a little bit more posh. And that's how everything goes these days. Um, and it's sort of like, I think that's always how we assume like posh um, British asshole kind of voice sounds like. It's just really 
uh, dominating and, and like on top of themselves. And there's a real sense of like, I, I think in Australia, because we're so, you know, we're part of the Commonwealth. We're part of like the whole monarchy and stuff, but we don't feel very connected. And there's still like monarchist here, but I'm not a monarchist. I could not give two hoots about the royal family other than the fact that they're just there. Like they just appear and yeah. they do stuff and then everyone gets really fancy about when Prince Harry or Prince Williams comes down to Australia. And I go, I couldn't give two shits that they're here. <laughs> but I'm glad everyone else does. And I like mm. what's your stance on like also the royal family and everything? Because it's so like the culture over in the UK is huge. Um I don't really, you know, I think you know sure. <laughs> I mean I don't I don't like I'm you know, whatever, really. I don't know. I quite like. Um, I like the royal family. I think they're they've got interesting elements. Yeah, it's it's crazy how I, I find it strange how we have like a British kind of monarchy, a royal family, and kind of a queen. I'm like, what do they actually do? They just sort of like exist. Like I don't yeah. know. It's it's sort of crazy how kind of tra- traditional it still is regarding how things are kind of changing the in the world and stuff like that. But like how traditional as well as that like how controversial it has been recently to do with like um Meghan Markle and like Harry and stuff like that how like they're trying to break apart and to do their own thing in the royal family and how controversial it is because it goes against kind of the royal family kind of terms and stuff like that and it's just um it's strange like I I've met um well not met but the prime minister kind of Boris Johnson and the ex-prime minister Theresa May when I, I like where I used to work, um, sort of the newspaper, they visited like a few times. And it's the fact that like <laughs> the company, some people were like so, so like excited about it. The fact like we saw them like walking throughout the offices and like walking past us and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not really a supporter of the that party um, or anything like that. So I was just a bit like, oh, why are they here? Um, yeah. They're just... Pff- and like my, the company used to like, I used to work for like. I think it's a massive deal the fact that the prime minister currently Boris Johnson used to work for that company where I used to work. Like he, um, but he only worked there for like less, something like six months or something. And they they talk about it like he was there for years. They're like, oh yeah, Boris Johnson used to work here. And I was like, yes, I know you've already told me about five times. It, and uh... I, just, I don't really care. And like I'm just like I don't. He's not working here now, is he? Like this was years ago. Like let it go. Like come on. Yeah, with, the funny thing about Boris Johnson as well is, uh, I consider him aloof. He is. He is a massive, massive waste of time. Um, <laughs> so I, oh, he looks like a homeless man who someone just put in a Vinny's suit or like a you know a secondhand suit and just goes, there you go. He's not very not very well kept, is he? No, and as your as a PM, he just like you just go and and you know there's a huge kind of like having known so much about the bride, um, the prime ministers of Britain. There's, you know, you just kind of go, I think it was like until, you know, obviously recently when the US finally got, you know, rid of Trump in the, you know, the US election and now I know, right. Um, But it still goes like the three leaders of the Western world, which is like um, the US, UK and Australia. Um, We've got Scott Morrison, who is part of the Liberal Party 
in yep. Australia and who I think is a fucking waste of time. <laughs> um, and Donald Trump, who everyone thinks is a fucking waste of time. Mm. And uh, Boris Johnson, who is a waste of time. He just <laughs> Boris just Johnson like, just looks like he's rolled out of bed and hasn't even got changed. Like he looks like he's slept in that suit. Like he just he's he's like I just love like he's such a meme. Like I just love how people like take the Mickey how he's just like uh, um uh, uh go to work um don't go to work uh stay in. It's just like how he he's like he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he always hesitates. I thought it was funny. Like you know the whole Trump thing when that was going on. I literally thought like. I'm sitting here watching the results of like the next president in America. Do you think when like the um, the results are coming up for the next prime minister, do you think there's someone in America watching, going, "Oh my god, like, oh no, really hope Boris Johnson gets like, you know, he's not prime minister anymore." Do you really think they sit there and watch it? And, like I was just thinking, like I'm sitting here watching, but obviously America's very like a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it affects kind of the whole world type thing. You know, like the U.S. kind of military bases in like all these countries and stuff like that like fair enough we should take an interest in it but i just found it funny the fact that they probably wouldn't give two shits about who's the prime minister <laughs> over here and like we're just sitting there going like oh my god yes trump's out oh my god i know yes and they're just like we don't care about boris johnson i don't really care you know <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, it's so it's, yeah. i agree with you and it's so funny that uh, i think you know like and we talk about like the you know united kingdom and uh, being such a big power you know almost 500 years ago or 400 years ago but now it's sort of like so inconsequential to the rest of the world it's like the u.s just is so important yeah it's like the uk is kind of its own little bubble like it's like we have our posh little royal family everything's kind of monarchy is all very pretty and nice they come out on special events we have a prime minister who just doesn't know what he's doing (laughs) and it's just basically like it's just him he, like it's it's almost like Boris does stuff that affects just the UK, but it's like if Trump does something, it kind of affects the whole world. I don't know if it's because America's big, yeah, or sort of it's just how Trump is as a person. Like he's such an interesting person; it's actually insane. I, I find him so interesting. Sort of his how oh, he's just ridiculous. I'm like, how are you even in power? Like, come on, like how? I don't even get it. Like man his twitter it's just great i was loving it the fact that they were hiding his tweets um about what he was writing and i was just like this is just great oh it's just so, oh man i don't think any <laughs> i don't think if you're any prime minister or president you should be allowed near twitter it's just rule 101 because none of them have written good tweets mm. they're hilarious like garbage <laughs> um yeah and, I, and stop the counts yeah, stop, stop the counts stop the counts um <laughs> it's like we've won we've won Guys, oh my god! Um, <laughs> Can I just say, uh, yeah. So, um, the one like the the thing that made me laugh so much is there was a headline I saw like on the news, and he went, "Donald Trump to go to Supreme Court, don't know why," <laughs> and that was like a headline. It just made me laugh so much. I don't know why. Oh, it's just like such a strange world. This year is just so like it's entertaining it's hilarious but it's also quite worrying as well <laughs> i know it, it, it's sort of like we're in this really strange kind of um like i want to say yeah like moment we're living in a dystopian type thing yeah it's sort of like you know um a, a weird world we live in where we can't travel anywhere we can't really leave the cities that we're engaged with we can't really go anywhere outside of that depending on you know like whether or not we're spreading a virus that is basically 
Um, you know, I think, and America capitalized on the fact that it was like, they said it was the China virus and it's like, you know, and I think, I think that's sort of like, you know, the U S this year has been a contentious part of racism and like, because of all that Black Lives Matter stuff going on. I remember when we had the Black Lives Matter thing in Australia and it was to do with all the like Aboriginals who died in prison and were, you know, unfairly and unjustly arrested and everything like that. And there's a huge contention now to uh, like amongst people to say, um, there's a great documentary I watched, which was like talking about a police station in the middle of rural Australia, which had Aboriginal police officers. And it was one of the only ones in the whole of Australia that didn't have Anglo-Saxon police officers. It was just Aboriginal, Indigenous police officers. And I was like, why isn't this like spread across Australia? Um, because then people who are like of any Aboriginal descent or any Indigenous descent would have feel safer. They would be like, this is, you know, these are people like me. And there's a very much like still to this day in Australia is is it's like not perfect and I think that we we pretend like you know Australia and the UK and everywhere is a little bit perfect like we're not the US and I keep saying to people no we're racist as fuck (laughs) we're still racist like (laughs) shut the fuck up you don't know that like you go out to certain suburbs you get Lebanese culture you get Greek culture you get like uh, you know, you get all sorts of different cultures depending where you are in Sydney. Yeah. But there's also a sense of community out there because all the people kind of, you know, who live around there are like, you know, of um, Turkish descent or, you know, like, but I remember like this in your particular, it was like Muslims were criticized by the fact that they were Muslim. And I was like, why the fuck does that matter? Yeah. Like, just because you're, you know, you're, what the fuck? It's crazy, like. It's almost like Australia is kind of separate to everything. You just hear about kind of like, I don't know, you never really hear about stuff. It's just like things sort of just happen. It's sort of like Australia's just doing its own little thing. I mean, like the bushfires was probably like the biggest news that broke um, headlines. God, yeah. And that was, was, I think, one of the worst events that we had. But yeah, it's it's very interesting because we're not like, even though we're part of the Commonwealth and even though we're like still with like a huge financial trade, we, we love the fact that we're so cut off. Like we love the fact that we're cut off from the rest of the world. There's like a nice safe pocket. Yeah. It's probably a good thing. You've been quite like um, prepared, like quite good with like COVID and all that, haven't you as well over there? I mean, it's also like, you know, because we're a remote island, we're, you know, we, we still love like um, the prime minister of New Zealand, who's Jacinda Ardern is like the most amazing woman in the world and i i want her as our pm because she's just so cool uh but she just basically when when covid happened in new zealand she locked everything down she just went nut we're shutting down until there's like strict lockdown until this passes it passed and then she got re-elected into government and you know they had two lockdowns i think the second one lasted very short time but the first one was like probably like a couple of months and now like we had like the worst one in Victoria, which is the st- um, state like where Melbourne is. And it had like the highest death toll out of all the states in Australia. It was just insane. Wow. So everyone just said, we're not going to Melbourne. Yeah. Like they were cut off from the re- rest of Australia for like six months. It was insane. Like New Zealand are kind of doing things properly. Like Scotland um, are doing things properly as well. I don't know what it is with our, like he just, it's just Boris Johnson. That's just the answer. It's just Boris Johnson. Well, he got COVID. Not... And then he was like, I got better. 
He was like, uh, uh, yes, um, I got coronavirus. Um, uh, I'm not going to do anything else about this. Um, I'm just going to do everything too late. Um, yeah. And we're going to save the NHS when it's, you know, oh, God, it's just, oh, my God. He's just, he's doing things too late. The NHS is also, you know, like a huge lifesaver in, um, you know, I think when you guys got hit the most, because it was, it was pretty, like, I remember the news when it was coming out of the UK. Um, back in like March mm. and everything and being like talking about it and that's kind of when I switched over to kind of like thinking okay logistically how is everything gonna you know fall into place but I remember yeah it was very it was very interesting news coming out of the UK because it was sort of like I think I think out of all the states um, all the countries though like Italy and Spain got really hit hard like super hard but I there was also was, I think it was like with the UK you opened too soon yeah it was very like just stay locked down. It doesn't matter about the economy. It matters more about people's health. And there was sort of like always this contention of, you know, the, the shops open too soon, everything, you know, because people get frustrated. They get locked up. They don't like having to follow this, you know, rule set. Um, so, yeah, it was. it felt like, you know, everything was happening a little bit too early. Would you agree with that? Or Like in... Yeah, in the UK or, or nothing was done soon enough, as you were saying with, like, Boris Johnson. Uh, he did not... Yeah, he didn't do it soon enough. And then he did this lockdown. Then he did this, like, thing called Eat Out to Help Out scheme where he encouraged everyone to go out and eat at restaurants throughout August to help the economy. And he did, like, this... Was it, like, half price or something like that? I can't remember. Like... He basically told everyone to go out, go book and eat in restaurants. And everything kind of felt normal. It felt like things were kind of opening back up. And although things were kind of, it was like a 10 p.m. curfew. But it meant that, you know, I can go meet Luke and we can go like for a meal together. We could like, we were doing a little bit of filming for the series because we could. Um, Things kind of opened back up. But of course, things kind of spiked and it, it was just kind of the economy really it kind of felt like he just opened it because they kind of wanted the economy to kind of you know have a little bit of a boost i think i don't know if he opened it too soon but he opened it up in the wrong way and encouraged people to go out when they kind of still needed to be careful mm. and it kind of just gave the impression of people that it's all over and of course we're back in the same situation now and it's just yeah as well as that like they're opening things up. They said this lockdown's ending on middle of December. And they're like, yeah, it'd be fine for Christmas. But I'm like, the start of December, when it ends, sorry, like the start of December to Christmas is quite a long time. It's a good, like, 22 whatever days. And, like, things could spike massively by then. So, like, they're just expecting it all to be fine. Like, all their aim at the moment is Christmas. Mm. Like, the government aren't thinking of ahead of kind of New Year or next year they're just like right make sure everyone can celebrate christmas and then we'll just deal with it afterwards <sighs> and that's everyone else is so ready for christmas like people are, just before lockdown people were like christmas shopping like mad it was going insane like people thinking oh my god we need to like prepare for christmas and everyone's like so ready for christmas so early this year um everyone's in really like christmasy mood because you're sort of in lockdown at home and sort of the next thing to happen is Christmas and everyone's thinking, oh, we'll, we'll be able to spend Christmas with our family. So they're kind of, that's all they're kind of thinking about. Mm. Um, it's just like today when I said I went and bought Christmas paper, like we're totally in the mood for it. And it's just like, yeah. And it's sort of hoping that things are going to be better so we can celebrate it normally. But obviously I don't think things are going to get back to normal for a good 
couple years. I don't know. Like I was meant to go, um, me and Luke were meant to go to Amsterdam in September for our like fifth year anniversary. Um, and we had to cancel it and we forward it to like next September. But like the longer this goes on, I'm like, will this even be over by next September? Like you kind of think that you don't know. But at the start of March, people will be like, I'll be fine by September. It will be over by September. Like at the end of like the year, it will be fine. It will be over. But we're in a second lockdown and it's almost Christmas. It's crazy. Mm. Like you just don't know. That's the only thing. I mean, yeah, it's it's absolutely. You just don't know and you don't. There's no. Um... It's all governments basically making a guessing game at this point to work out when it's safe for people to yeah. return. Um, so, yeah, it, it is hard. It is hard. And, like, we're, we're really in this kind of, like, struggle street of, like, the future of, uh, you know, of international travel and everything like this. And, you know, people going, oh, you know, we want tourism to open up again. And it's like, well... First of all, let's get better. Yeah. Let's like fix the world before we yeah. start focusing on tourism. And then we'll focus on tourism. Like one step at a time, guys. But I can I can imagine the stress, the absolute stress of the travel agencies at the moment just going, Oh God, we're losing money. And like also like the house pricing market and all this, like, you know, the economy's going into a slump. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's horrendous. This year has made me want like a lot of independence. It's made me think of like moving out and stuff like that, and maybe realize how much of like not a good chance yeah. we have like um, anytime soon. It's just prices. It's just insane. Oh um, yeah, the effects of this is gonna go on for quite like yeah. a long time. I think I think I think we're gonna have quite a few years of um, of this fun of COVID nineteen. <laughs> um but like let's hope that uh you know 2022 or 2023 will be the years that we can kind of like yeah have a bit more freedom let's let's see where it goes though i don't think i don't think you or i are gonna like run out of things to do but i definitely think that it's it's going to be a long time before like internationally we can do anything um like travel We've just, we've just got to wing it like the government are doing. You know, what a fucked year. <laughs> um, I think that is about it. Thank you so much for joining me on this. Actually, that's like, been a pleasure. It's been really. I'd like a fun little <laughs> chat. Um, oh, sorry, we're ending on a sour note. <laughs> just on how well the how the world is fucked. <laughs> um. But no, thank you, thank you for joining me, Meg. It has been an absolute blast chatting to you, and hopefully, um, uh, people learn a bit about you know you and kind of what your interests are, as well as like kind of your opinions on the world. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. It's been nice to sort of actually sort of have like you know like a podcast and kind of like chat to someone sort of similar and kind of. Just talk about, you know, it's what I was saying to you before, you know, like I do the series, but it's not just the series. There's a hell of a lot more to kind of yeah. talk about and stuff like that. And it's been really nice to kind of just talk about things just casually in terms of our lives and like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, like. I've really enjoyed it. It's been really good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm th thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute blast. And I mean, like I enjoy doing these because they're like heaps of fun. They're great. Awesome. Uh, all right, everyone. Uh, we will, I will speak to you all in the following episode. Alright, bye! Thank you.